Hi, this is Coach Your Brains Out by Gold Medal Squared. Before we start the show, we wanted to plug our book. If you haven't read Coach Your Brains Out, uh, check it out. Lots of great stuff. Hopefully, it's a good reference for you this year and the many seasons to come. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iBooks, Kobo, local library possibly. And if you'd like to order in bulk, you can contact us at coachyourbrainsout at gmail.com for discounts. This is part two of our episode on upgrading language. Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. The next topic I had was a, kind of a pessimistic viewpoint. And there's a couple, even just like common volleyball language, like people will say broken play, uh, out of system, even like manage the play. You guys think of better ways to talk about those sorts of situations? I've enjoyed um, our assistant coach, Louise Bodden, who is Australian, coincidentally. Um, she talks about organi- organization of the play and, and mm-hmm. just getting organized. And I, I like that instead of like managing, I don't know, that, that seems a little bit different. It's like, all right, let's just let's get reorganized and, and then, then we have a, a good shot. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel good when you're in a broken play. Well, I guess <laughs> <laughs> you right. what, are, what are we going to do? Yeah. Well, or even I, like, yeah. I've heard uh, like red, yellow, and green light situations. That's for hitters. Mm. Um, That's more a lot specific. Of, yeah, a lot of that ends up being just like awareness. Like once you once you bring awareness to the to what the hitter is actually doing, if you're taking a green light swing in a red light situation, the percentages are going to be not in your favor. Um, so just kind of you know, and if you're in a green light situation and and you're just trying to free ball it over you know, it's a problem too. So that usually just comes out of uh, a necessi- necessity to have awareness of what the hitter is actually doing. Do you guys, yeah. do you see red light as being too negative? Like what's the difference between a broken play and a red light play? You just catch the ball if it's a red light. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a red light play, yeah, I'd be, a, if you guys have, a better one i'd be interested red light is usually i mean if you're in a red light situation that's usually like a free ball you're free balling it over uh and we'll talk about upgrading language in that too but if you you know and so if you're in a, in a situation that requires like a free ball or a mean ball and you're trying to jump and absolutely blast it okay that's probably an issue but i don't know if there's a better way to say red light do you have a better idea billy uh, yeah, you would use um, green light, gold light, platinum light. <laughs> <laughs> Diamond light. Yeah. I mean, to me, I, you know, maybe it's just getting too pedantic, but the, the goal is to bring awareness to their timing. You know, mm-hmm. you're the setter's balance, so you want to be on this step. The setter's off balance, so you want to, you know, start your approach a little later. And so it's just finding a way to bring that awareness to your players in a way where it doesn't feel like the play is broken or you're, you know, um, in a ton of trouble. It's just, we're going to make a small adjustment. So I don't know if I have a great idea. I mean, I like, I wrote, you know, challenging opportunity, (laughs) but I'm sure there's something better. It's a cool conversation because like how much of volleyball is actually unbroken (laughs) or like really organized or really manageable. It's mostly chaotic and, and real and wild and, 
Yeah. Well, I think it's it's important to to point out too that a lot of the language that we use oftentimes is shortcuts to get the feedback to the players or, or other people. You know what I mean? Like I talk a lot about that with uh, when I'm coaching players is it's almost it's almost impossible to get away or at least I haven't been able to find a shorter way to say like good bad like when they're talking about technical feedback where you know I've done change repeat I try to do that as much as possible um but a lot of times the, the language as you try to do this kind of stuff can get really clunky um unless you find easier shortcuts you know what i mean like change repeat works really well but every once in a while the player like just saying good bad kind of says the same you know if it's good that's what you're used to hearing so what i mean is repeat try to translate that in your head that kind of stuff yeah i know that's what we don't want clunky ones we want them to be short i I like sorry i like what andrew said about wild like the idea of we're in the wild here on like an out of system play instead of like you're in this perfect clean zoo opportunity you're back to like the jungle tiger like Mm -hmm. hitting out of the wild Mm -hmm. it's either wild or it's clinical Mm. (laughs) (laughs) sounds like uh, we we can keep uh, workshopping this one yep the the other one uh, (laughs) i want to go to an lmu practice and then a stanford practice and just take notes on the language we'd love to have you but yeah if people want to you know send them in please let us know how you can upgrade it. The other one I'll hear a lot is we need a perfect pass. First, the idea of need is, um, you know, we need water, we need oxygen, we need house, a house over our head or shelter. So just adding, you know, that sort of pressure, uh, I don't think has a lot of benefits. Uh, but the other one is the word perfect. And I think perfectionism is, um, you know, not something we want to create uh, in our athletes. So, um, I don't think there is such a thing as a perfect pass. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean the simple ways are you know let's let's uh, let's pass forward, let's pass in system. Um, but yeah, that just seems like a small one we can we can change. Um, the next ones I have are uh, volleyball upgrades. So we were talking about some of these with uh, I think Stafford. We're trying to think. It's it's funny to think about some of the volleyball lingo lingo that's just always been there and we don't know why even we were talking about like side out like what is that why did that even start side the hell out? does that mean <laughs> yeah but um the one one that jumped out was float serve um when i think of the float serves we hit they're really tough they're really hard to pass but when i think of the word float it just seems I like, a, of, like a bubble, a bubble like going. It just seems really easy. Yeah, like a tachikara being served from like forty feet off the baseline with a, a, with a fist. Yeah, and I think that's what it was at one point. It was just this like high loopy thing, and now it's become you know this. Especially the I think both the men and women's game, it's become a real weapon. So I was trying to think what could we do to get a better name. You guys have any ideas? Jump knuckle. The jump knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> completely unnecessary floats great okay the uh the one that that gold medal gold medal squared use obviously nils doesn't teach tough serving uh they say fleen a fleen serve so a fleen serve is flat and it's clean it has no spin on it so we we really we don't talk about float serves we hit fleen serves um but yeah it's a small again it's maybe it's pedantic but it's um you know we care about the little things uh 
Billy, you want to do the, we had a, one from a patron. Yeah. Uh, Joshua James said he's gotten a lot of mileage out of, instead of saying toss, when you comes to tossing your, uh, the ball to serve, he felt like the players were tossing pretty high and maybe with some spin and he got, um, just changing that to place your serve or place the ball. Um, it seemed like they're doing cleaner and more consistent tosses. So just making that little chain of place the ball. Some of his players weren't launching it up like they were, if they were tossing it. I love that. I used that today with one of our athletes and, and she really enjoyed it too. And it toss feels like wild and all willy nilly. Like you're just kind of recklessly tossing. And I thought that was a great change. And then we have the, the famous uh, free ball where we're, you know, giving them the other side, something free. And I think Nils already referenced it. John Kessel says, you know, we talk about, we don't give free balls. We give mean balls. So we're always trying to make it mean, make it tough on the other side. Is that where that came from? Was that John Kessel? Yeah, that's where I heard it first. Okay. I'm going to just say that it, that's where it came from because I don't know where I got that from, but that, it must have been him. And then Billy had another patron. Yeah, Nick Enriquez uh, said his team um, is very motivated by food, and so they started calling overpasses free food. Um, it just kind of got his hungry middles to start terminating some balls. <laughs> it's a creative twist. Uh, another one we had was... Uh, High line. So the high line seems, I don't know, just sounds a little loopy and slow. And we don't actually want it to be that high. Um, so we came up with flat line, <laughs> but maybe there's something better. But yeah, I think when you watch really good line shots, they're really flat and like right over the block and they're hard to run down as a defender. Billy hits a flat line shot. Maybe it's like a fly. Kind of Ooh. like your fleeing ball, fly line. A flying. Uh, there's a couple others like dink and tip. There's just got to be something better than dink. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's bad, yeah. It's so bad. <laughs> it's hard to be tough when you're hitting dinks and cutties and pokies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not going to get all like jumbo's got to stay. Things. Jumbo is not going anywhere. We that actually added sick. in, um, we added in the, you know, when a, it's in, on, on the beach when someone pulls and you hit it over, like over the line, we called it a limbo, like a line. <laughs> line jumbo. Hmm. Yeah, a line jumbo. Cause it, and it kind of looks like they're limboing underneath it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially College Beach, there's uh, so much pulling and that, that deep line shot was effective. And it feels like when you don't have a name for it, you can't, it's not really, it does it's not a shot yet. So we it had to It doesn't name. exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist. So once you name it, then it's a real thing. Um, we also added a clap shot. So it was a mix of like a slap hit and a cut shot. So we mm. call it a, a clap shot. Um, so that yeah. could be uh, I don't know, that's getting a little dicey. <laughs> maybe in your mind. Slice. Uh, yeah, maybe there's something better. Uh is there an on Love two one? What'd you have on two, Andrew? Oh yeah, yeah. If the fruit is ripe, have a bite. If it is rotten, let the on two be forgotten. Hmm. It's a longer word for it, but um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you pass on a couple you time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these were these were a few that, that came to mind when I was thinking about uh, my player. So, like, just uh, the first one was using yes and uh, versus yes but. 
Um, this, oh, this the old improv it. tool. Yes. Well, it, it, I think it, it helped a lot with um, the guided discovery. You know what I mean? Because as you're asking questions, if it was constantly shutting them down saying, yeah, but, but, or no, or something like that, kind of trying to guide them in a way that's, Yes, and there's other things that you could be doing or, or thinking about, or there's another direction you could go. Uh, it just helps them keep keeps them engaged, I think. Just and and realizing again, bringing awareness to how many times you say yes, but or when you use that word, what I was told is everything you say before that word basically gets erased. So if you come in with a player and you're like, hey, great job on this, this looked fantastic, but and then you give them some feedback, basically whatever positive thing that you just tried to help them with completely got erased and they moved on to what they've done incorrect. So just changing it to a yes and tends to help. Um, And then I think the next one I used for a while, my pastors were passing it really tight and I was having a lot of conversations with them, trying to get them to understand that. I mean, we're talking like 50, 50 balls. Our setter couldn't set it. She was always netting. Uh, and so after a while, instead of just bringing attention to the fact that it was a tight pass, I just started saying there's hot lava. Uh, I put a piece of tape, like I think it was about a foot and a half or two feet off the net. And um, the setter was not allowed to have both feet in that area. And if she was, I just said hot lava. And they started hating that term, but they understood immediately that that was a tight pass and that we weren't going to be able to play any rallies during uh, if they did that. Same kind of thing that you did, John, just if you give it a name and it's kind of fun, maybe they buy into it a little yeah, bit more. It brings more, it brings awareness and that's what we're looking to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, the uh, one that I, I still use to this day a lot is, uh, the idea of aiming small when you give players an area to serve. So that's a whole part of, um, the coaching serving that I do. Like if we give them area one, okay, yeah, I want you to probably hit the player in area one, but it's up to you to make sure that you're actually aiming for, a very specific small area on that player or on the ground. Cause it's very often that players will just be like, Oh, area one and go and miss it by five or six feet. It's like how, you know, there's 30 square feet of area one. How are, how are you missing that? And, uh, if you say, okay, well hit her left knee pad, hit the right foot. It just helps them kind of focus in on a small area and they tend to, it used to be, uh, aim small, miss small from Braveheart. And uh, then, Patriot. Yeah, it was Patriot. Are you sh- really? Yeah. They didn't shoot, like, shoot any guns in Braveheart. This is so awkward. I have been blowing oh, that no. for a very long time. No Gibson. Either mm. way, same thing. Okay. Anyway, so uh, it used to be aim small, miss small. And then I realized some time ago that I, I probably don't want to be putting miss into their into their vernacular when they're thinking about serving. Hmm. Good upgrade. Upgrade right there. Great to be... Yeah, be uh, have a really small target. Yeah. Um, the last couple I, ha- I have is um, some shaming words, and this is another one I've learned from Lorraine, and she talked about basically eliminating the word "should," and I'm, I notice a lot I do it. Um, so one that one example I think we use in lots of situations is "you should have scored that point." So yeah, it just brings shame to them. Oh, I should have done that. I'm a bad player, bad person, uh, and it doesn't lend itself to any sort of uh, way to improve it in the future. So uh, an upgrade would be you could have scored that point by um, I don't know, reading the hitter's shoulder or you know by doing this. So could doesn't bring shame and it also can lead to a conversation about how you can um, score the next point. Um, and then the 
the last one, and she used this, Lorraine used this with, um, she did a parenting night with us, with, with Billy and uh, some of our friends. And she said it for our kids, but also, you know, you can use it with athletes. Your athlete isn't giving you a hard time. Your athlete is having a hard time. Um, so I think a lot of times we see it as they're doing it to make our lives worse or they're doing something to make us look bad where the reality is, is there's something that we can do um, to hopefully help them because they're having a hard time with something they're acting up and they're not, they're not being themselves. And so we have an opportunity to, to coach them up and to teach them up. Um, so that's, a, you know, again, it's a one word change, but it's a big uh, shift in perspective from giving me a hard time to having a hard time. Now you know Your players that, might be giving you a hard time though, John. I was going to say, now Something you know that all, all this year uh, I was having a lot of hard times. Billy had a <laughs> lot of hard times, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Billy actually was giving me a hard time sometimes. So, so. For sure. Cool. It's cool to think about some of the small changes that seem small, but maybe over the course of the season can really have an impact on our teams. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot more. I hope people will uh, listen and send us ideas and and give us ways how we could be better. I would love to see a huge Reddit page of, <laughs> of volleyball terminology upgrades. I like how Andrew didn't use it a directive statement by telling our listeners to come up with a bunch, but he just said <laughs> he'd love to see it. Maybe it happens. As in, yeah, nice, Andrew. And then this kind of has to do with language. But with, you know, growth mindset is being thrown around a lot and for good reason. Um, but a lot of times it's not used as, it, as well as it could be. And Lorraine sent us an article. The quote was from Marshall's men's soccer head coach. And his quote was, we tell our team that in everything they do, they should have a growth mindset and strive to be the best. If there's an award to win, win it. And she was just kind of highlighting this as an example of, well, one, a mixed message in a lot of ways. And then also how maybe we get some of the idea of a growth mindset wrong, especially when we say one, they should have it. She says it's a belief that you can improve, not it's something that you need to do. It's never about being the best, but it's about, you know, being your best and being better than you were the year before and improving. Yeah. The, obviously the part about winning awards, every award you can um, versus developing and improving. And Lorraine's quote is, this is why I say to teachers, coaches, to never say to athletes, students, just have a growth mindset. It reveals a lack of understanding. If I was worried about struggling to perfect a skill I was working on, being told just to have a growth mindset not only wouldn't help at all, but worse, it would contribute to me feeling a perception that uh, the coach doesn't understand. Yeah, and I think this is really common. You know, you you read the uh, you read about Dweck's work, and you find out oh, when people have a growth mindset; they succeed. Uh, you know, at a higher level. So, okay, yeah, I just got to tell people to do it. Just have a growth mindset. And, you know, why aren't they doing it? Why aren't they having a growth mindset about things? Uh, we know it works. We know it's going to help. And yeah, it just, it just shows the lack of understanding. And I, I think I've been guilty of it. And Lorraine's helped a lot that, um, you know, all of us have growth and fixed mindsets in different situations. And as coaches, it's about us modeling it and living it and teaching it and um, pointing out times when they, they do. Um, but yeah, I was just saying like, yeah, you've got to have, you should have a growth mindset is not uh, moving the needle at all. Probably the favorite part of our coach your brains out book was that section Lorraine had about growth mindset. And it was, it's not about being good, 
but about getting better. It's not about proving, but about improving. It's not about demonstrating, but about developing skills. Not about performing better than others, but better than I did in the past. That's a great language upgrade. Thanks to Lorraine. And uh, yeah, that's in the book. I hope people, have, if they haven't read it, uh, there's a lot on language, a lot on informative statements and some of the feedback we dove into today. I think we did it. What did we miss, guys? Probably a lot. Kills. <laughs> Kills. Oh, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be really cool to get a, like just a giant glossary of of upgrades in language. Um, there's just so many. There's so much weird language in volleyball when you really think about it. Yeah. I hope this starts like the conversation. Truly bizarre. Yeah. Stuff. So we, instead of six pack, should we say got hit in the face really hard? <laughs> I like six pack. <laughs> there needs to be like a repository where people can just submit. What's and, nice? Uh, what's nice is when you're creative and come up with stuff on your own. Then when you're yelling it off the bench, um, the other team has no idea what you're signaling towards. Oh, For yeah. sure. No, I, I think there's something, something to that. No, I, I think like having your team's language, like that's just part of building culture. Like this is, the, you know, the way we do things, the way we say things. Like this is us. And if someone comes into our practice, like it's uniquely us, and that's like. It, the language is a big way to do that and spending time being thoughtful about what you say is a way to develop your language just like when you go to a different country they have their, their culture and their language and uh, i think i like the idea of each team developing theirs can you talk about um what you learned at the pirates as far as what they call positions oh yeah yeah the pirates had um, i got to spend uh, like four days with the pittsburgh pirates uh, at their rookie camp and um one simple one was you know instead of catcher which catcher you know it seems like such a passive position and what they called them was the backbones the backbones is like yeah we are you know we're the we're the not the heart but i guess we're the uh the foundation of the team and i could see how you take a lot of pride being the backbone I love versus that. a more passive catcher yeah so, um they had a lot of i mean their their language was very uh, thoughtful and um, yeah so there's a lot of stuff like that with them I could we could do a whole podcast on the pirates what uh, what would you call the libero then what would be an upgrade for that position Carter uh, calls them the bros the bros is kind of cool bros bros um, yeah what's better I'm sh- I bet let's let's start the reddit Andrew let's go through all the positions all the uh, the miners because they get names <laughs> they have gold diggers. All right, this is getting off the rails. Right. I think we did it. <laughs>